Hello and welcome to another episode of the AEC Business Podcast. My name is Arni Heiskanen and my guest is Aki Päivärinne, a sound designer at Oi Oi. We'll discuss sound, how it relates to our experiences in the built environment and how to use it effectively. We'll also learn about Aki's projects and hear some examples from his work. Okay, it's finally good to meet you because we have tried to do this episode for over a year, I guess. I think something like that. Yeah, but no, no, now we're here, actually face to face at Aki's studio. Yes. Well, you are sound designer. Can you tell me a little bit about your path to becoming a sound designer? That's a long story, in a way. But uh, I started uh, from a kind of like I have a background in music, and um, I started music since I was a little boy, and uh, started playing piano when I was seven, and and switched to saxophone when I was nine years old. So basically, I uh, started looking at the world from the kind of musician's perspective when I was a kid, and then um, uh, kind of con- uh, have a continuity on that. Um, in the pop and jazz conservatory when I was um, a little bit older and then I switched uh, I started studying at the University Goldsmiths College University of London uh, popular music studies uh, 2004 I guess quite a long time ago but um, uh, in London I started kind of looking more into what where does music and sound intervene where do they meet and what happens there that that is still for me that is the kind of most exciting place to be and also the communication between the body the movement and the, the performer and uh, the sound how do they interact and how does the sound interact between the uh, the people and also what kind of uh, suggestions can sound make in the built environment That was a rather long answer, sorry about it. So, uh, I mentioned that you are at Oi Oi, um, and, um, but what is Oi Oi? What do you do? We are the explorers of the digital environment and built environment. We want to seek, seek for the best kind of ways to, uh, to find like what, what can, how could digitality and uh, the different contents change the, the environments that we're using and we do a lot of um, work at the museums uh, we work also at the hospitals to make something like a like virtual nature environments for people who who can't really go to the nature itself so basically we can bring the nature into the buildings and uh, also museums hospitals schools pedagogical um, uh, solutions and um, also um, we do some uh, consulting also i think i have seen your work at the helsinki airport yeah that was probably the aukio and uh, that's the virtual nature um, space uh, normally when you arrive to uh, when you are, uh, arrive to airport you go to security and that could be quite a stressing situation where the, you need to take your shoes off and your kids want to take off uh, all of their clothes and the, the <laughs> all of that and then coming out from that you come usually to the tax-free area and uh, we wanted to kind of or uh, to change that with the Finavia who was 
very brave to suggest something else. What could be the future of the uh, airport and how could we actually make people feel more relaxed at the airport. So basically, instead of arriving to the tax-free area, you arrive to the Finnish nature. And at the Aukia we have uh, four different seasons of the year in a very beautiful locations in, uh, filmed in Finland. And, uh, and four daytimes, so it's basically 16 different uh, scenarios from the beautiful places around Finland, and uh, also different daytimes. So it gives a quite a, quite a nice picture of what can Finland, Finnish nature, be. Yeah, and I remember that when I first saw it, it was in the news that it was the biggest. This display in in Finland, I guess. <laughs> it's rather big, yeah. It's uh, 75 meters long, if I remember correctly, and uh, it kind of uh, creates this kind of, uh, you know, the altar vase kind of bit of that formation there, triangular uh, shape, and the sound system there is, uh, was quite nice canvas for me to use. It consists of uh, 24. Uh, speakers and also um, interactive elements so you can really provide a true uh, immersive sound experience and it's really important also when you think about the nature you have to have something that surrounds you rather than having a stereo or mono sound system if we talk about a little bit about sound which is really <laughs> commonplace and everyday everyday thing for us but let's talk about the psychology of sound how do sounds affect us i was thinking about this and um, i came came into a thought that um, sound is some somehow at least how i see it at the point where i'm creating sounds for the built environment is at the same time it's something that we share together and it's something that we also have a really personal relation to subjectivity as, uh, as like n there's no no person who would uh, there's no two persons who would experience the sound in the same way so there's always this kind of uh, also the cultural aspects um, where are we what sounds could be used uh, for example at the Aukio it's a Finnish nature and we wanted to uh, bring the Finnish nature in to that space but for someone else for some some different let's say if we would be somewhere like Dubai or something it could be something completely different um, but there's something that uh, we share when we talk about the nature sounds the domain kind of something shared domain it's like that the the effect of force for example the the water sound of the water we all need water so that creates us a feeling that we are in a safe place sound like a bird sound also that's uh, pred predators are away and um, that's the kind of the positive effects of the sound and uh, we share wherever you go that the noise from the traffic it's it's causing us a lot of stress and it makes us it's more difficult to concentrate or to focus on the walk so basically um, uh, the psychological effects can be vast to say yes if you think about for example, as you mentioned, traffic. I've heard that really low sounds uh, can also, even though we don't e actually hear them, 
they are really low fre- frequency sounds. Yeah, it's called infra infrasounds. Yeah, those can also be harmful. <laughs> they can be, but uh, 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 they can be also something that the sounds have been that the, the um, physicality of the sound has always been the same, of course, because of the rules of the physicality and how the air works. But the like in the already like um, hundreds of years ago, um, different cultures they would um, when they would hear something that that they would hear the thunder approaching from hundreds and uh, hundreds of miles away. Not a hundred of miles away, but the very long distances. You would start feeling that, and still you have a feeling when I'm at the summer cottage in the summer, and someone says like the thunder is approaching. Is that kind of a, a little un, unwary feeling, uh, like what's going on? It's that kind of infrasounds that uh, that are affecting us, and um, some like Papua, Papua New Guineans uh, tribes, they could recreate that kind of feeling in the evening when they would gather around the, the fireplace and they would play their very low drums and uh, big long pipes to recreate that kind of a very special low frequency feeling and to, to make a kind of sublime, uh, almost like a transcendental feel to, to a religious feel. So so to say and also like sometimes like uh, uh, old burial chambers like um, they could be sometimes hexagonal shapes so they would also have a low frequency sound but uh, sometimes like the, almost like the sound of a bee swarm because they um, the people in Mukonai island in Greek they believe that the, the bees are uh, taking the, the soul our souls to the to the <laughs> to the to the other side so they were quite an uh, astonishing architects <laughs> on their times. And even sometimes the lack of sound or noise <laughs> even is something that gets uh, on, on somebody's nerves. I remember an Italian who moved to Finland and he said that this is too too <laughs> quiet. I, uh, he, he was afraid of, 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 of that. I know it's sometimes really kind of uh, it's so cultural related. I think the um, Peter Englund, the Swedish historian, says quite uh, writes pretty well in the in his book, the the history of silence about the, the different old experiences. How how we now kind of often think that the the towns in the medi- medieval times or before the industrial revolutions how they were so quiet and 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 uh, peaceful but that they, they weren't no like also in the antiques in the rome like that the, the the coppersmiths all uh, were put in the same on the same street so they have really kind of tactical sound designs in the Rome, so that they would have all the noisy accent on one street, and uh, the very rich people would live far away from that place. <laughs> right. Let's talk about architecture. Uh, in architecture, we often think of sound as something that causes trouble. We want to get rid of it, or we want to dampen it. But uh, that's only one part of the story. What is the potential of sound? in the built environment and architecture? Well, I think the main key is to understand, or I, it's a difficult kind of concept, to, when you think about the sound, it's immaterial, it's not something that we can grasp on. But um, in a way, sound has a fantastic um, 
quality so that it can travel through the spaces that it can it can suggest something that is larger it can suggest something that is smaller and it can create communication so um, for example uh, sound could be used um, if we wanted to bring in the nature to uh, for example the working place because we it's been there there are really a studies that nature sounds can help us to focus better and uh, it doesn't mean that you would have need to have that kind of nature sounds really high on a high level or high volume level but to kind of give you a nice backdrop um, imagine yourself working on a meadow by the meadow or something like that and uh, it would probably create a calming feeling and it wouldn't stop you to to put you on your headphones even or listen to your own music and and find also that kind of sound is multi-layered and uh, it can be uh, used in many many ways but the, the one more more thing about the sound is also that the, uh, sometimes uh, we have to think about the built environment not only the indoors uh, we can also suggest uh, uh, something with the sounds outdoors uh, on the pl plazas or something sometimes could be a place where which are by the night turns into a little scary places where there has been problems like vandalism or drug using or whatever uh, un um, unwanted actions so basically um, sound could be used and is being used uh, successfully in those kind of situations to kind of uh, just to suggest that this place is alive there's someone who's here breathing and uh, that the, the sound is kind of uh, suggesting that kind of uh, uh, more human uh, aspects i don't really um i'm not really big fan of those um, sometimes like we're trying to get someone out from the certain places with the certain kind of sounds here in the room that we are in there are lots of technical uh, instruments and, and all sorts of gear and I know that I know that many of our listeners are tech uh, enthusiasts uh, can you tell them what kind of technologies we can use today to provide sound powered experiences in buildings I tend not to kind of limit myself to any specific technical uh, method, but um, sometimes even I could could be using vinyl records and to get certain crackles or uh, scratching sounds or whatever. Uh, I I love using microphones in a very different ways, uh, recording like garments, like these kind of sounds or whatever. It could be like foley sound effects, very traditional kind of uh, movie. Uh, sound uh, things recorded with the shotgun microphones or stereo setup with the A and B AB setup or Bloom Lane or whatever needs to be um, for the purpose I love using an electric guitar and I love misusing instruments and creating sometimes using bow on a guitar or bass or uh, prepared piano or sometimes um, dropping something on the roads um, mechanism and like finding exploring the di different possibilities but at the moment I'm really excited also about the VR 360 ambisonic 
recording, doing uh, uh, recording in the nature with the ambisonic microphone, and also doing like a experiments with that, that also, like bringing some uh, paper or whatever uh, fruits or <laughs> close to the that and creating that kind of a imaginary imaginary spaces. So you're painting with sound. I, I could say uh, I think the painting is a nice way to put it. I see myself sometimes I try to describe what I do in a kind of three-dimensional way. Is that like more like a sculpting space or a sculpting air? Somehow sculpting uh, because it's, it's not something that you can see, but you can still create formations and uh, and, and densities. Yeah, spatial experiences, yes. You al already mentioned uh, a few of your Oi Oi's work and what you, you have been doing, but what's, uh, what, what are you doing right now? What's on your plate? Well, at the moment there are quite a few projects going on. Uh, probably the biggest one at the moment is the the big installations for installation for the European Commission for their visitor centers in Brussels and uh, Brussels and uh, I'm creating a sound for that experience also it consists of um, five uh, five Genelec speakers uh, it's a 60 meter wide wooden structure built in Finland and uh, shipped to Brussels it's actually arriving there today and we'll be traveling there um, the next next Wednesday I don't know where this when this comes out but uh, <laughs> we'll be traveling there and uh, and also that the, um, it, it consists of um, has um, this special uh, uh, speaker called uh, actuator, so we can make the wall kind of like, create a haptic feedback. Also, that when you touch it, it, kind of brings a hapticity to to the experience. Also, so we try to tickle or tickle different senses with the wooden wall. If you are thinking about a construction project, and I know that some uh, some clients already set set aside a certain amount of money for art in, in their project, but how would you advise clients to incorporate a sound designer in, in a project? Start from a dream. <laughs> Start from a poesy and. Uh, and set yourself first to a free place and then start imagining, uh, reimagining the space, what it could be and how sound could, uh, what kind of uh, narratives could sound uh, enhance in the space. And um, if there's sometimes like, a, for example, green elements, can we animate those green elements with the sound, for example? Can we see something that uh, uh, can we start imagining uh, animating the space with the sound? We have to stop for a while and then it starts coming to us because we are always surrounded by the sounds. But the sound is not... Is not is, um, we are driven by more visual culture, I, I believe. But it seems that everybody's having their headphones on when they work. <laughs> That's true. Good point. We, we need that bubble, I guess. But what's in the future for sound design? What, what's coming next? Is it the metaverse or what? I was thinking about that yesterday when Damon Hernandez was uh, giving a speech um, at the Urban Tree and we were kind of uh, 
touching this issue of a metaverse and uh, it's how it's not yet here and uh, it's coming but I was uh, I had this thought uh, last night that how can we make metaverse the sound experience and the metaverse so that it's um, it carries also the civilization or the civilized uh, that the memory of the humankind with itself Anna Eriksson said that nicely in the Kulttuuri Cocktail program in Finnish TV yesterday. And uh, how, how could, can we bring that kind of a deep level of understanding to metaverse? And if it's uh, the metaverse is mainly driven by big companies, uh, is it really uh, there? Um, do they want us to think or to understand in on a deep level? Or is it like the capitalism that drives? So, but I, I'm a kind of... Um, I just wanted to make it so that it's not excluding, it has to be inclusive. So basically uh, this, the future of the sound would be at the same time something that that we already experienced in the past, like when we were actually listening really deeply because our lives depended did depend on on how we listen if there were predators coming and whatever so we need to learn to listen again i guess finally how can our listeners best connect with you if they're interested in what what you're talking about i'm um in twitter for example aki paivarinne you can find me from there and also instagram aki Paivarin, I'll try to post my my project there as much as possible, but I'm, I'm a little lazy there because um, I'm too occupied with creating the sounds. But um, anyways, you fi- you'll find me there, and uh, you can always check the Oi Oi website, oioi.fi, and you'll find our project there and contact details.